coming up. And today we have my Mayo, my health. You might know her from her hilarious Mayo reels and Instagram, Kelly Wallace. And we're going to get controversial here because, you know, we do that sometimes. Um, there's a weird beef up in up in our world, which makes no sense to me. It never will make any sense to me um, about like the territorial of who's allowed to practice myofunctional therapy and who's not. So I'm going to tell you guys right now, scope of practice before I talk, ask Kelly my question. Um, people who are legally licensed allowed to practice myofunctional therapy are speech language pathologists, our dental hygienists, dentists, um, physical therapists, as far as I know, occupational therapists, if they get written permission from their state board. So that does not include licensed massage therapists, dental assistants, the doctor's wife, office managers, Instagram influencers, um, athletic coaches. Kelly has speech therapists who work in her practice because we know if we all work together, guess who gets help? Patient. So it's really cool because they bring so much to the table in regards mm -hmm. to what they've worked with, the clientele yeah. they've seen, you know, and then we're on the other end, you know, showing them the structural component of, you know, just dental anatomy, pathology, you know, what things look like in a child comparative to adult and why that's mm -hmm. concerning. We're talking about oral facial, you know, concerns and even speech production of, you know, different appliances and why they don't have, you know, enough space for their, um, maybe for alveolar sounds or to lift the back of their tongue up, things mm -hmm. like that. So it's definitely um, never a issue in my world where I've had anybody discuss, you know, or, or have any kind of issues with territories or scopes or anything like that. So for me, mm -hmm. when I see that out there, it's, it's hard for me to comprehend that we mm -hmm. wouldn't want to work together and really, because what we're doing is helping people, the tension or the animosity towards each other. It mm -hmm. just made you kind of have more of that imposter syndrome. Like, mm -hmm. you know, what am I doing? Is it okay? Like you just start to second guess yourself and that's not your true self. We talked a little bit about like mental health and um, sleep being one of your passions. So let's dive in. Tell, talk to me more about that. There's really not any mental health disorder that doesn't have the accompaniment of having sleep disorder breathing. Most of them have sleep issues, but what's happening is they're giving, giving them medication, but they're not addressing the component of the airway the airway muscles, giving them breathing tools or breathing tactics. We want to invite you to the first annual Munch Bunch Wellness and Rejuvenation Retreat in the Dominican Republic, November 9th through the 12th, 2023. It will be an all-inclusive retreat meant to refuel you, give you a chance to rest, relax, and network with others in our Munch Bunch family. We will also be talking about ways to get out of your own way so you can live your dreams, build your business, and do what you need to do. So check it out. The link is in the description, and the dates are November 9th through the 12th. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Munch Bunch podcast. It's Kimi Nishimoto and Megan Benoy. Hello. And today we have my Mayo, my health. 
You might know her from her hilarious Mayo Reels and Instagram, Kelly Wallace. Yep, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, everybody. You did it. We're so proud of you, Kelly. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) The name is hard. The name's hard. The name's but hard. My Mayo, my health. I feel like um I've always told you you're like my Mayo soul sister. So I know. Um, I know. One day I woke up and I was like, I'm gonna name my practice mouth muscle memory M M M. But Kelly has me beat because it's my Mayo, my <laughs> health. Yes, I do. I love the M's. Okay, I think you guys are all so creative because like that honestly was one of the things back in like and this I was like one of the like you know, I started my practice in 2015 and, you know, kind of like on the beginning of when so many people have specialized and I couldn't think of a creative name to save my damn life. Like I like Northwest Malfunctional Therapy because I just had to like get my freaking business license because I had patients. Um, and then so many people have had such like good and creative names. I'm like, damn, Waymo <laughs> Northwest Mayo over here. <laughs> You and that Portland pride, Megan, Portland pride. PDX for life. (laughs) I, I mean, I, I like when we, when we, cause I took over existing practice. So we changed the name because it was a reflection of that person's identity. And I just thought my, and this was in 2017, 2018. And I was like, my muscle, I'm taking ownership of my muscles. And this is going to influence my health, my, my, my health. So I've seen some spins on my name lately. So, uh. But you know, me I'm, too. I'm <laughs> yeah, me too. There's like a PNW there, like oh, a okay. yeah, and I'm like that's real close to mine, but it's yeah. fine. It's I whatever. So, um, if mine was more creative, maybe nobody would have copied it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kelly. So we're gonna set our affirmator, our intention for this episode with you. You get to pick out of the unicorn pile. Big old 100 cards. So you tell me when to stop. Okay. Stop. There it is. Divine timing. Oh, I love divine timing. Everything is timing and timing is everything. Gladly, I release my concern over timing and let things happen when and as they will. I trust that the divine schedule makers know what they're doing. I can take a, a long time to reach divine middle management. And it's somebody flicking the <laughs> the hourglass over. So I love it. I love it. Divine timing that we get to meet you today, Miss Kelly. Yes. Well I didn't pull my cards this morning. So thank you. That helps because usually I do. <laughs> Somebody else who pulls their cards, you guys obviously meant to be. Yeah. I know. <laughs> The dream, the dream. Mm-hmm. So, okay, Kelly, uh, give us all your accolades. Tell us about your awesome life. Oh. Um, tell us a little more about where you're at right now, and then let's talk about the journey. So, tell us, you, we know your practice name, but tell us where you're at. Tell us what you guys do. Give us the skinny. Okay, so I am located in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm a native Phoenician. Um, and so we have a practice in central Phoenix, and then we have another location in Mesa, Arizona. We're seeing clients and patients you know, using that term interchangeably. We see them virtually as well. Um, right now we're treating all aspects of oral facial myofunctional disorders. 
Um, me and another therapist are also Buteco breathing instructors. Um, we have speech language pathologists that have a variety of backgrounds. So like voice resonance, we have feeding background, we have holistic SLP, who's also bilingual, um, more experience with early intervention. Um, there's just so many things all of us bring to the table. And so I know there's only one of us in individually, but when we're taking all of these um, individuals that have so much education and learning and experience, then we put us all together. So we're really just able to, you know, treat from infants to 105 and just making sure that there's more resources. Cause when I started, there was like me and one other person here in the Valley. So, and it's a big, it's a big Valley. So that's where I'm at now. I love it. I love it. I love it. Now, Kelly, one of the coolest things about you is you are a dental hygienist and then you went on to become a myofunctional therapist and then you went on to get a practice and now you have a second practice. Yeah. So tell us about your evolution and how that story went. Yeah. So um, I started in dentistry when I was 15 at a pediatric dental office and I loved every minute of it. And but my, my real big dream was to work for the CIA. And so I was in the army for four years and I did military intelligence. And then when I got, was in the army, you, I got pregnant right away and I got pregnant again right away. So what I was doing in the military, I loved, and I love serving. I love helping people. And, you know, my parents are both, you know, law enforcement nurse. So it's just kind of what I've been surrounded by. So when I left the military because I was having my second child and it just wasn't conducive to being a mom, I said, I really, really enjoyed what I was doing in the pediatric dental office. I loved making kids smile and making them feel comfortable and like easing them into that whole process. And so by golly, I'm going to go back to school. So I was a dental assistant for a long time and just worked and kind of like struggled through my life of having two little kids and, you know, worked two, three jobs, put myself through school. Thank goodness my GI bill. And then I became a dental hygienist still in peds the whole time I've done peds since 90, 1995. So I worked for wonderful, wonderful dentists. Um, you know, there's a total of three. I pretty much stayed within the three same offices and they've watched me grow up. I've watched the practice grow and, um, the people I worked for were just amazing at their patient care, their delivery, their care, like the empathy. And that to me was like, I just had such great role models along the way. But what was missing still for me was feeling like I was making a bigger difference than I was seeing a really high volume in a pediatric practice. It's kind mm -hmm. of, it's kind of the MO. So yep. I was missing that fulfillment of, of really seeing the difference. And once I learned about myofunctional therapy, just in passing, because my nephew had an apneic event when he stayed the night at my house and that scared me. And I started Googling and looking into kids and choking and snoring. And he was actually, his lips were cyanotic. And I was like, what is going on? And this was a kid that had fainting spells when he was little, had problems nursing. And I had all these same issues with my children didn't know what was going on though. And looked at a course and said, Oh, 
it says dental hygienist and speech language polish. That's me. So I talked to my boss at the time and she's like, oh yeah, I've heard about it. Now we're in the Valley with Dr. Argoal Agave, which is, he's pretty well known for tongue tie releases. And she had trained with him too, and started doing releases in our office. So I already kind of seen it and done local for them and assisted and helped. And when I sat in that course, it all made sense. And I was like, this is my calling. It's like the room opened up and the angels came in and my hair was flowing like Beyonce. And I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. So that's the origin story. And I just, the universe put me in touch with um, a lady that was selling and she had, you know, she was in her late sixties and she had done this for a while and she's taken every intro course and every, so I mentored with her and, um, and took over and she retired and here I am. Yeah. Amazing. We want to introduce this spot for Tots course, a parent's guide for toddlers ages two to five for mini Mayo. We have Megan and Kimmy going over nasal hygiene, myofunctional exercises, breathing exercises, tongue tie healing protocols. And then we have Jenny June going over sleep hygiene and Kelsey Baker going over feeding therapy and body work. Uh, the course is 297 and the link will be in the description. How did you get the courage to leave full-time dental hygiene and go into full-time Mayo? That's a really hard step for everybody to make. It kind of like makes me choke up just thinking about it, but yeah, I'm, I was always a sole provider. I, you know, was always a sole provider. I had kids, you know, and like I said, we really struggled in the beginning of their lives. And my dream was to be able to provide for my children forever. So that was a huge jump for me to take a leap of faith such as that and completely give up a guaranteed paycheck, right? Um, and then just leap. So I slowly started cut, cutting my days out and slowly added clients as I dispersed my clinical days. And the more I was getting calls during when I was on the hygiene floor, and I would have to go back on my lunch break and check all my messages and call. And then every mouth I was seeing, I'm like, I can't keep looking at these mouths and not say something like I, I it's, it was really hard for me to separate clinical and Mayo. And mm -hmm. just one day I had bare, I had no lunch break. I was just making calls and I was, you know, doing what you needed to do. And I said, this is kind of where I need to like the demand for me on this other, this other world that I've created is, is so significant. I have to leave clinical and I miss it. I miss SRPs. I miss giving local. I loved giving local. Um, me too. We're like, we're so in alignment. We're so in alignment. I did pedo and I was like, <laughs> like it, it was just like, you have to be really, yeah, it's a skill. It's a definitely a skill. And I loved it. And I, it's, I think it just comes from like, we really want to make people feel good. And that was part mm -hmm. of it. I wanted to make this outcome from this child getting a shot in their mouth. I wanted to make it the best, you know, the best experience. So yeah. And so I just literally leap of faith, whatever, whatever I had in my bank account, I'm like, I'm going to make this work. And, you know, I have a fantastic partner. Um, and he, you know, we're, pretty new at this time, but he had faith in me and he encouraged me and, you know, he has an IT background and a management background. And so 
it was kind of like another piece of my universe just aligned me with him. And so he's been really crucial to also like the success of our business because he was able to implement easier, you know, booking systems and getting our um, software going and managing our records better. And so it kind of just fell in place with us doing this cohesively together. I love it. I love it. I want to like highlight a section that you talked about leap of faith. Um, because so you and I are very similar. I, I, uh, traded hygiene for the unpredictableness of, uh, Mayo and I have been out for four years and never looked back. Um, but I've already talked to like five people this week about the same question. So, so many people are like, are afraid to take that leap. And part of their fear is that they're going to lose the clinical referrals or like burn bridges in their office or not get referrals from their hygiene office anymore if they go out to do Mayo on their own. What advice would you give to them? So that's actually a great question. I feel like my main, what, how do I want to say this? I feel like the biggest thing I had going into this was my relationships with the offices I worked with, quite honestly, because mm-hmm. I just was so close with everybody I worked with and they just wanted nothing but the best for me and the same for them. And so when they knew I was doing this and I was like, well, let me come talk to you about it. Let me bring you guys lunch. You know, even though I was really like putting myself in the red by doing all these, you know, lunch and learns and things like that in the beginning, that those relationships and knowing me and knowing how caring and such an empath I am, they knew that whatever I was going to do, I was going to do a hundred percent with all of my heart and all of the care that I brought, you know, being a dental hygienist. So I feel like that was my biggest, um, the biggest, uh, support I had in, in Mm -hmm. making myself where I'm at now. So when you're just taking the leap, you have to cold call, you have to cold email, Mm -hmm. you have to show your face. You have to like, kind of be that they're always going to remember you. So if it means I'm going to leave pens that say your practice name on it and stickies, because if you've ever worked in a dental office, if you're not pulling out those referrals often, they don't know why or who, or, so you have to be constantly, you know, reminding them of who you are and why you're here and why you're going to benefit their patients. So that's, that's my advice on that. Yeah. I I love that because yeah, that's the big thing. That's the biggest thing I've heard this, this week in particular is I'm so afraid that like my office is going to take this personally and it's going to like burn a bridge if I leave. I think if you have confidence in yourself and also confidence in who you are as a caring provider that's going to exude from you. And so they're the practitioners that own those, that practice, how could they not want to refer to somebody like you? So I love that. Put it out there. Put it out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also like pens. Cause I, like I drop, I like, I've dropped off many a cookie, many a s'mores basket, many a, you know, try and get creative as possible. We've made stickers for their water bottles. Um, I like pens because also I remember back to my dental hygiene days. You're always looking for that freaking pen. <laughs> I know. Same. Then, it's like, 
you would dwindle. You had 20 at the start of the day and then you have one left at the end of the day. Like what mm -hmm. the heck? Mm -hmm. <laughs> now I have two full mugs of pens up in my office. You guys like yep. I'm, I'm clearly traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> or are you abundant? Oh. Yes. There you go. <laughs> my like second, it. my second mug of pens is the abundant mug. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Abundant or hoarding? I don't know. <laughs> Where's the line? You know, we tow it. We we like do we do a little salsa with it over here. Um. So what I think is so cool about your practice, um, and we're going to get controversial here because you know we do that sometimes. Um, there's a weird beef up in up in our world which makes no sense to me it never will make any sense to me um about like the territorial of who's allowed to practice myofunctional therapy and who's not so i'm going to tell you guys right now scope of practice before i talk ask kelly my question um people who are legally licensed allowed to practice myofunctional therapy are speech language pathologists our dental hygienists dentists um physical therapists as far as i know occupational therapists if they get written permission from their state board. So that does not include licensed massage therapists, dental assistants, the doctor's wife, office managers, Instagram influencers, um, athletic coaches. Athletic coaches. Um, is there anybody else we're missing? Um, not off the top of my head. Okay. I mean, I feel like we pretty much covered, covered the topic. So um, the fighting in the field doesn't fly for me. Um, it's weird to be territorial. I don't understand the territorial stuff. I like speech therapists versus dental hygienists. We should all be working together. We've had speech therapists on our show. Um, I refer to speech therapists um, where I am in Portland. Um, but there always seems to be some weird beef about like who's allowed to do this, who's allowed not to, scope of practice, any of that. So I'm here to like bust it through you guys. Kelly has speech therapists who work in her practice because we know if we all work together, guess who gets help? Patient. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So with like that, what happened was, what happened is um, I was in the TOTS course in La Jolla, what's it La Jolla? I can't remember. San Diego. And I was just happened to make friends with somebody and oh, she's from Phoenix too. Oh my gosh. And her, she went to high school with my cousin. Like it's such a small world. Um, and she's a speech language pathologist and she's learning about, you know, all of this as it pertains to her, pra her practicing, you know, what she's doing in her scope. So, you know, we're talking, we would meet up, we became fast friends. And then it's like, well, you know what, why don't you just come and work with us? And, you know, we slowly just started filling her up with speech, but at the same time, I think it's, hard for me to know when you see all these deficits, all of these oral facial concerns in regards to like, you know, when we would discuss cases, it's like, well, we, we have to address the oral facial component here. So um, that's kind of where that started. And then, you know, it was very organic where, and then um, we, we, she had a friend and, you know, so we went through the process of when we needed um, more availability and more therapists. That's kind of how, it, how it's happened. I've never really advertised um, for hiring. It's just been very organic where we've already had these relationships with these therapists in the past. Mm -hmm. So it's really cool because they bring so much to the table in regards mm -hmm. to what they've worked with, the clientele yeah. they've seen, you know, and then we're on the other end, you know, showing them 
the structural component of, you know, just dental anatomy, pathology, you know, what things look like in a child comparative to adult and why that's concerning. Mm -hmm. We're talking about oral facial, you know, concerns and even speech production of, you know, different appliances and why they don't have, you know, enough space for their, um, maybe for alveolar sounds or to lift the back of their tongue up, things Mm -hmm. like that. So it's definitely um, never a issue in my world where I've had anybody discuss, you know, or, or have any kind of issues with territories or scopes or anything like that. So for me, mm-hmm. when I see that out there, it's, it's hard for me to comprehend that we mm-hmm. wouldn't want to work together and really, because what we're doing is helping people. And that's mm-hmm. really where we're is, is working together to help more people. Yeah, I agree. I think one of the cool things that like, I like about you and that we've like talked to each other, like privately on is like, we're both on the same page of like you show up and you be authentic you love people and then you're you're kind of altruistic like you're just trying to help and so Mm -hmm. if you come at it with those pure intentions like I mean that's that's literally the most pure intention right (laughs) those are the most pure things that you could do so it's like do your best and don't get involved in the drama like there's always drama there's all there's that one group that's really really dramatic but once I remove myself from that group, I stop seeing it. I stop seeing the drama. I stop seeing the fighting. No more problem. Yeah, it just makes it better. And I think when you do see that, like when I was in in one of the groups that was a little heavier in regards to the tension or the animosity towards each other, it mm-hmm. just made you kind of have more of that imposter syndrome, like, mm-hmm. you know, what am I doing? Is it okay? Like you just start to second guess yourself and that's not your true self. And Mm -hmm. so you just have to kind of quiet down the noise that doesn't apply to your true intentions. So who I surround myself with and who I have in my practice is a pure reflection of the, like basically what our mission statement is and what we want to achieve and how we want to help people, everybody that we have, that we work together. That's, that's our end goal. And that's who Mm -hmm. we are. So there's no room for, you know, discussing, you shouldn't be doing this or you, no, let me learn from you. Doesn't mean I'm going to do it if it's, but I want to know, understand more so then I can help my patient better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, you know, if I were, I have a couple soapbox that I'd like to get on. One is about kids who don't sleep and then we expect them to behave perfectly the next day. Um, another one is like, why are we getting in each other's way of helping patients when there's so many patients out there who need our help? And, you know, it doesn't matter where you are, you know, and even providers who don't know about this, instead of saying, hey, this isn't something I specialize in, this is something I know about, let me connect you with somebody who does. I think that also gets in the way of it, right? Like our egos don't need to get in the way of helping patients and helping people. And if it's a case that I'm like, man, you know, they need more help, you know, who I'm calling all my people, right? I'm not going to be like, I'm your miracle worker. I'm going to be like, Hey, we're a team. We put you first. You're the star of this show. Um, I'm just your guide. Yep. It's perfectly said, Megan. And you're, when you're a really good therapist, you know, when to ask for help and you know, when you sit, you have to say too, like, I, this isn't in my scope or this is out of my range of what I know about. So let me find out more or or let's, you know, collaborate, let's get you a referral to somebody else. And I feel like 
if, if that's not happening, then that's a concern. If it's a one-stop shop mm-hmm. in any, in any field, I would say any field. Yeah. yeah. Like we don't, everybody doesn't know everything. So, um, you know, before the episode, we were kind of chatting about some of the stuff that uh, Kelly is passionate about. Um, and I want to make sure that we cover it in this episode, because mm-hmm. this one's actually really near and dear to my heart and my mom journey. Um, kind of the mental health piece, you know, we, we talked a little bit about like mental health and um, sleeping, one of your passions. So let's dive in. Tell, talk to me more about that. So yeah, my initially why I got into it was, like I said, um, just seeing the implications of my nephew having sleep disorder breathing. And when I discuss the impact and I learn more and I do more research and know that it's a really good predictor for mental health when these kids get older, there's really not any mental health disorder that doesn't have the accompaniment of having sleep disorder breathing. But when we talk, and even my personal experience, I've I've had a, you know, I've had my own journey lifelong with my mental health issues, specifically PTSD and anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. And when I've seen anybody to treat me, nobody's ever asked me about my sleep. Mm-hmm. Ever, ever, ever. So I remember the first time somebody mentioned something to me was after I had a child and I was a mess. I was almost suicidal. It was horrible. And the first thing that I got recommended to do was to take Prozac. Mm -hmm. And when I look back on, you know, my younger self 20 years ago, and, you know, I was maybe, I think I was 21 when I had my second child, it, you know, I was just a baby pretty much. And to know that there wasn't anybody out there that could guide me through what I should have done in the right protocol. And so for me, I just feel super passionate that when we're seeing clients and we don't check in, check in with them, has there been trauma? Have, do you actually have help right now? You know, do you have a therapist? You know, can I help you find somebody? Those are all things we need to be discussing. Like we said before, it's not a one-stop shop. So when we're talking about global impact, systemic impact, mental health is part of that. Mm -hmm. And so when um, we, we know how much we know about what that does, and then there's a direct relationship, we need to make sure that we're addressing it too. When we can help people breathe better, sleep better, and do that as a team, we're also going to have a better outcome too, if they know that they're supported and they're listened to and they're heard. And I feel like that's really important. Um, So I feel like that the risk assessment needs to be a little different when we're discussing mental health issues, not only with just us, because we know so much about it, but it needs to change when we talk to, you know, I'm a veteran. So when we're talking about vets, most of them have sleep issues, but what's happening is they're giving, giving them medication. Um, You know, they're giving them probably some opioid, you know, who knows, but they're not addressing the component of the airway, the airway muscles, giving them breathing tools or breathing tactics. And so that's kind of, you know, where my passion lies. Mm -hmm. And what was your sleep issues that you noticed with your mental health? Like, so your anxious depression, um, PTSD, how did your sleep issues manifest for you? So I remember having sleep sleep issues since I was little. I mm-hmm. had I was the kid that had my tonsils and adenoids out. I remember having nightmares. I remember wetting the bed. Um, I had a brother that passed away that I witnessed, and so that was kind of like the start wow. of my 
you know, my transformation, if you will, in horrible sleep. Um, and that I don't remember any time in my life where I had good quality sleep, quite honestly. So I would wake up frequently, be sweaty, super anxious. I would actually throw up before I started each day because I was so anxious. Um, so that was kind of my experience. And to think back on that was my norm for 20, 30 plus years until mm -hmm. I you know, fell into this course one day. Um, I'm sure there's a lot more people like that. And I never want somebody to go through what I went through if I have to, if I could do anything about it mm -hmm. as a mom, as a sister, you know, as a partner, like, I don't want anybody else to go through what I went through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I've shared a lot about my story along the way too, Kelly. Um, I really struggled with PPD. Um, you know, Izzy's too, after she was first born, I was wearing a different hat for a clinical, I was a clinical director for a different group. Um, and I was only allowed to take three weeks maternity leave. And it was kind of like the, always kind of the joke, right. Of like, well, Megan's just a workaholic. Megan just works hard. And it's like, well, Megan didn't really have a choice. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, I struggled so hard with PPP, PPD and anxiety. I had like so many projects. I was asked to do so many things with my time while well, I had this newborn baby, baby that basically my mom was helping me raise, I definitely like went through so much like suicidal ideation. Um, and it was so hard for me. And so, you know, and I am well known for being the bossy one for being outgoing for being loud for being, you know, like including everybody else and always making sure everybody else is okay. And I have amazing friends who did that too. But like, even like the extroverted, never been like depressed person, when you're doesn't matter when you're put in that position and you go through that, like you experience those really deep, dark things. And, mm -hmm. you know, especially when you reach out for help, which I did about eight weeks postpartum, I reached out to my partner um, in my business and I was, and I was like, I'm really, really struggling. Like, this is really hard for me. And basically kind of got the response of, well, my life's harder than yours right now. So like, I can't help you. Um, different podcast, different day. But, you know, I think it's made this huge new passion for me as a mom to help other moms, especially moms in business, um, moms who like are trying to do it all. So I love hearing that's what you're doing too. I think that's incredible. And I am going to add a mental health piece to my evaluations starting tomorrow. <laughs> like, I think that's so good. I, that my practice is missing that I'm not even going to pretend like it's not. Yeah. I think that's amazing. I, you know, honestly, I need to also be better because I think we step on that and tread on that lightly because it's, you know, something that we don't understand completely. And True. so when we don't understand something, we tend to not dive into it because, you know, we're blocked by fear, but I think it's definitely important to look into that piece more and what, you know, we're addressing the whole body, like I said, and if we can make set, make a difference to where these individuals feel heard and supported. And, and the other thing I have to say, you know, my, my brain is just thinking about this too, mm -hmm. is also females. I think when we go in and say, Hey, we're not feeling good, help us. It's like, just easily blamed on hormones or, mm. oh, you know, it's just, yeah, you just hormones, dramatic all over the place. Uh, so, but so like, that's gross to me mm -hmm. and gross. Look, it is gross. Look into 
me a little bit more. Like, you know, I deserve for you to ask me more questions and help me get mm-hmm. to the root and the solution more so. So yes, we need to do better. Um, not only us, but I think every healthcare professional out there needs to mm-hmm. do better in, in supporting our mental health because we're obviously seeing the repercussions right now in our society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, big time. I mean, especially since COVID and so much isolation, it's like we're seeing even more people talk about mental health, more people dealing with mental health. Um, and we know, I mean, we know as providers that mouth breathing and not activating the vagus nerve, like we know those things as providers, how that can impact fight or flight and anxiety and all of those things. Mm-hmm. But I think as a provider, personally, I can take that one step deeper. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I love that. So, you know, that's, that's great that you mentioned that maybe we can develop some type of questionnaire and kind Down. of have everybody, you know, have access to that and incorporate that into our screenings. I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> Mm. We'll call it something really generic, like, you know, the Northwest Mai Mayo. <laughs> We're going to come up with a cooler name, okay? You guys have cool names. We're going to come up with a cooler name. <laughs> you got to be, you got to one-up us with five M's. <laughs> Megan's <laughs> mouth, Mayo, <Mental>. muscle, <laughs> moon landing. Mentor. Moon landing It's the highest level. <laughs> Mental. <laughs> munchy right like okay yes. munch bunch at least the munch bunch is a cool name there you like, go. There, i'm pretty like sure it. kimmy came up with it so we're still yeah. i'm still back at zero <laughs> yes i did i i said we should be the munch bunch and we have spice girl names so i was gonna be uh spunky munch and megan was sassy munch oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so you you could be uh i don't know like our sweet munch or something swifty munch Swifty. <laughs> so it's gonna have to be an M. I gotta come with like an M. Okay. Or think about it. We'll think about it. Okay, last one for you. You are going through a DNA appliance right now. So tell us oh, yeah. about that. I want to know, like, if you're okay sharing your measurements and stuff. Like, tell us about it. So I'm really bad about keeping up with my own progress. <laughs> we're the I'm, worst patients yeah we are our patients like our ourselves and our family I think are the worst so um I just had a records update I'm due to get that back from vivos and my my last records update I gained pharyngeal space I've gained palatal width mm. um I am sleeping much better my mm. anxiety is like it I think it arouses when I need it but but where I was before at a million, I am now, you know, getting 50 or lower. Um, I feel like my mood regulation, like my partner says, you are a different person. And he tells me that all the time. So um, my hormone cycles are bet like, it's just hmm. so crazy. Like I'm finally able to drop some weight and um, it's really interesting. Like all of these little nuances that I thought were just me are slowly like things that I didn't want are slowly dissipating. Hmm. So you know, I'll be two years in September. I'm going to go until I can't go anymore. You can kind of see like they ask, yeah. um, you know, and as a dental hygienist, I get really self-conscious about, you know, seeing my teeth and like, Ooh. um, so I, ha- I think I've just overcome the vanity of it because I know it's helping me. Mm-hmm. My partner just started two weeks ago 
on, I think it's the mRNA where it pulls his jaw forward. And um, that has been really cool because mm -hmm. I've been, he's, he's another one of my case studies. He has AFib and cardiovascular issues. So what I've been doing is monitoring his blood pressure and taking it manually every morning. He's probably so sick. Of me. <laughs> um, but it's gone down 10 to 10 to 15 points or so on average. Since wow. And that's been really cool too. So I'm excited to see, we just went to his cardiologist yesterday. And so he was curious about what we're doing and he, you know, he's asking questions and, mm -hmm. um, so, for both of us, it's been great. I mean, we're still new into it with him, but he also had to have no surgery. It's going to be a longer process. So my experience has been great. Um, the only downfall I feel like is wearing it, you know, putting it in or remembering. Um, and then aesthetically just, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not super happy with the spaces between mm -hmm. my teeth. So as soon as I get my records update, I made a promise to myself, I'm going to compile and post it and kind mm -hmm. of put that out there so everybody can see because it's it's a little in, intimate like to see my face before and after and um like I can't believe how different mm -hmm. you know just when I see old photos I'm like oh my gosh my face was had no definition I was just mm -hmm. I got fun of a lot when I was in middle school for having a basketball mm -hmm. so oh. <laughs> I don't even know what that is thank you maybe because we have them uh, too uh, I have like a softball size head. Uh. Um, you know, in the military, my hat size had to be special. <laughs> but, you know, um, but yeah, so I'm actually like seeing that, you know, I have, mm -hmm. I'm getting cheekbones, like the, my mid face and lower face are kind of, you know, equalizing, if you will. Mm -hmm. And it's been a great experience, but it's just a tool and it's not going to fit everybody. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Have you had any a uh, recession starting any wiggling or looseness of the teeth no mobility um awesome. no recession I haven't had any discomfort um my actually my tooth sensitivity has decreased I used to have a mm. ton of sensitivity on my second molars um especially like the you know occlusal surfaces more so and I have not had any any sensitivity. It's crazy. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I've, I'm, I'm one that has all of my molars repaired multiple times because of fracturing mm. due to my clenching and my grinding. So, you know, my dentist was like, that's not going to happen anymore. I just had my dental checkup and he's like, and I'm like, no fractured restorations. And he's like, no. And I'm like, Oh, he's like, that won't happen anymore. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, so awesome. So are you going to do braces afterwards or Invisalign or? Sure. I'm going to kind of, I guess, cross that bridge when I come to it. Um, mm -hmm. I think I'm one that I won't put a lot of thought to something until right till I need to. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll probably cross that bridge when I come to it and mm -hmm. kind of see what options I have. And I have a few, you know, trusted providers that I'll work with that I'll know take really good care of me. So, yeah. We'll see. I love it. I love it. Okay. So if people want to find you on the gram or social media, give us your handle. Where can people find you? So Insta, I'm my Mayo, my health. Um, I'm on TikTok at my Mayo. I love TikTok. I hope they don't take it away. Um, I feel like I can be more authentic. I feel mm -hmm. like myself. I feel like I don't have to have makeup on. So I'm really creative and answer more questions on TikTok. Um, and then Facebook, 
my my own my health on Facebook. Um, I think that's all of my platform. Pinterest. Um, it's hard to keep up with it, isn't it? So mm-hmm. you find me somewhere. Um, I'm always down to chat and yeah. I love it. I love it. And of course you can find me at the most boring Instagram handle um, at NWMFT. Uh, you can find Kimmy at Mouth Muscle Memory. Um, and you can also find our websites, uh, NorthwestMyofunctionalTherapy.com and MouthMuscleMemory.com. So um, also you guys, of course, you know that we've launched our retreat in the Dominican um, in November. Um, if you guys are interested in that, slide into our DMs. If you want to see us in person sooner than that, we will be at Tequila and Tongue Ties in Scottsdale. Actually, we're coming down to where Kelly's at, close to anyways. Um, for uh, Water Lays is doing a tequila and tongue ties numero dos. So we're going to go down in Fiesta. We'll be there in person. We might even do an episode live there. So if you have questions about that, let us know as well. Thanks so much, Kelly, for coming on. Thanks, guys. It was a pleasure. We have a special offer for our Munch Bunch listeners. To book a virtual consult with Megan, she's offering a discount of $25 off. Just email her, Megan, at nwmyofunctionaltherapy.com or through her website, www.orofacial-myology.com. To book a virtual consult with Kimmy for the $25 off, email her mouthmusclememory at outlook.com or through the website www.mouthmusclememory.com. 